Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Mephibosheth was missing the best. Write that down. Mephibosheth was missing the best. Look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. Notice when they found Mephibosheth years later, he is living in where, saints? Lodabar. Lodabar is east of the Jordan River. It was a city in the midst of barrenness. Lodabar means no pasture. This is very important. This is very key to the story. It means no pasture. It means no greenery. Desolate. Lodabar is down. You always refer to Lodabar as down. You're down in Lodabar. Just like I told you when you're talking about Jerusalem, you always refer to Jerusalem as what? Up. I don't care if you're up above the city of Jerusalem. You still refer to Jerusalem as up. Well, Lodabar, likewise, is always referred to as down. It was down in Lodabar that Mephibosheth lost his rank and prestige. It was down in Lodabar that Mephibosheth lost his reputation and respectability. It was down in Lodabar that Mephibosheth lost his superiority and self-will. Mephibosheth went from living in the palace to barrenness. Mephibosheth went from prince to servant, from powerful to afraid, cripple and living in a place of barrenness. I see, listen, I see Mephibosheth. I was going to say I see a little Mephibosheth in all of us, but I see actually Mephibosheth in all of us. As a matter of fact, I see Mephibosheth in all of mankind. Because the Bible teaches When you came into the world, when we came in the world, we came in the world fallen. Stay with me, saints. Fallen and crippled by sin, by sin nature. We came in the world lame and barren in our nature. Romans 3.23 tells us we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. You know, you know, you know, we get the privilege, I get the privilege, we pastors, we get the privilege to go to the hospital, somebody has a baby, and this is the, the fun part of ministry, where someone has a baby, and you go to the hospital, and, and you, actually the pastor is probably the one that sees the baby, oftentimes before the grandparents, many times. Before the grandparents, it's, it's a blessing. You get to go there and you see the baby and mom is, you know, 
doesn't want you to come in, but she does want you to come in. She doesn't want you to come in because her makeup's not on. Her hair looks crazy. The pastor's coming in, although she does want you to come in because she wants you to pray for the baby and pray for her. Or she needs prayer. So you go in, and that's okay. It's all right. Everything's fine. And she's holding the baby, and the baby's a cute little baby. I mean, honestly, all babies, like, at three hours old are cute. <laughs> Amen. Now we're going to leave that right there, all right? Let the church say amen. We'll leave that right there. I said at three hours old, they are all cute. I didn't say three weeks or three months or three years or even 30. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. So the cute little baby, you look at the mom and the cute little baby, and the baby has a cute little nose and beautiful little baby. That baby comes in the world, listen, that baby hasn't done anything to anybody. But the reality is, the Bible says that baby is a sinner and needs Jesus. Amen. Some of y'all parents need to learn to say that. Don't say, Johnny, you're getting time out. Say, Johnny, you're a sinner and you need Jesus. And you don't do what I tell you to do, you're going to meet him real fast. Hallelujah. Yes, but they, but 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 they, but they, but they need Jesus. They they, they have a, we have a, we're born. The point is, we're born in the world with a sin nature. That baby in all of its cuteness needs Jesus. That baby in all of its cuteness came in the world crippled and unable to walk like Mephibosheth. And a greater than David calls us to himself. In some way, we're all crippled and in despair and living in Lodabar, aren't we? Some are crippled by the death of a loved one. Some are crippled by disease. Some are crippled by the things of your past. Some are crippled by past bad relationships. Some people are crippled by unforgiveness. Do you understand that unforgiveness cripples you? Unforgiveness doesn't cripple the person that you're holding the unforgiveness toward. Oftentimes they don't even know you got a problem. Because you never said anything. It happens to me all the time. People leave the church. I go, what you leave the church for? They had a problem with me. I'm, why? You didn't say anything. Say something. <laughs> Look, at least give me an opportunity to ask for forgiveness if I'm wrong. And if, and if, and if I'm not wrong, Hallelujah. Pray for the pastor. Pray for the pastor. Just pray for the pastor. Unforgiveness will cripple you. Some are crippled by not walking with the Lord like they should. Now I'm talking to somebody now. Crippled by not walking with the Lord as you should. Jesus is calling you out of Lodabar today. The Bible says Jesus has set us free. John 8. 36 memory verse to whom the son sets free is what saints free indeed God's calling you out of load bar and freedom his name he's missing the best and number three Mephibosheth would have perished without David's help look at verse four and five in your Bibles, David finds out where Mephibosheth is he sends for him he brings him out of load bar did you hear me he brings them out of Lodabar. This lame, crippled, broken person is called by the king. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. Y'all need to stay with me. 
by his grace and by his mercy, Jesus called us out of the world. And because he called us out of the world, we now walk worthy according to because of his grace. It's because of his grace that we walk. This is what I'll wait while you clap your hands. This is what this is what I was telling the lady today. I was telling the lady today. She was asking me about my life and I began to tell her about my life and where God has brought me from. And I told her about the church and she's, oh man, that's, that's awesome. That's amazing. And I tried to help her to understand that anything good in this life of mine has been brought to you by Jesus Christ. <laughs> Not my own. I had nothing to do with it. I'm telling the lady about, you know, that, that I used to do drugs when I was nine years old. I'm telling her that God set me free when I was 21 years old. I'm telling her that God has allowed me to travel the world with gospel in hand to preach the gospel to many, many nations of people. I'm telling her of the work that we did in India and, and, and the work that, and, and the travels in, in Africa. And she's, she's just amazed. And I told her, I'm amazed too. But I wanted her to understand that that is the grace of God. I'm not qualified in the world's definition of qualifications to be doing what I do. People ask me all the time, what seminary did you go to? They ask me all the time. I tell them UHS, you know. I tell them UHS. They go, UHS? I've never heard of it. Never heard of UHS. I go, University of the Holy Spirit. God taught me everything I know. Never been to seminary. Never. Never, never been to seminary. God taught me. God taught me. I remember I used to take my, my pastor, Pastor Bob Chapel, he's with the Lord now. When I got saved, he gave me the key to his office. Pretty much shortly after, he gave me the key to his office. And he said, um, you can use my books. At that time, young people, there were these things called books. <laughs> with real pages that you turn. We don't know nothing about swiping. We didn't swipe, okay? We swiped sweat, but, but we turned pages. Where my people at? We turned the page. Okay. So I used to go and read his books. And I remember the Lord taught me everything. Greek and Hebrew and the Hebrew lexicon and Strong's Concordance, nobody ever sat me down and said, okay, this is how you use this, and this is how you do this, and this is how... God taught me everything. Everything. And keep in mind, on top of that, I was a bad student in school. I was a terrible student. I didn't like school. Well, I guess because I was high. I didn't like school. So God did it all, and I'm trying to help her to understand that it was God's grace. And I, today, am a trophy of God's grace. Did we talk about it on Sunday? I am a trophy of God's grace. I sit here tonight in God's grace. The Bible is clear. We love Jesus because Jesus first loved us. He first loved us. No man was looking for Jesus. We didn't seek him. He sought us. Luke 10.38. 
10, the son of man came to seek and to save those who were lost. Jesus, listen, take a note, write this down. Jesus is always the initiator and we are always the responders. Jesus is always the initiator and we are always the responders. Think about this. We would never have heard of Mephibosheth if it were not for David who saved him and showed him grace. Grace is a dirty word to the devil and a powerful truth to the Christian. Grace is the power behind the gospel. Are you listening? Grace is, is the wonder of the gospel, to think that God would reach down and, and reach somebody like me. That's amazing. That's amazing. To think that God would reach somebody like you. It's even more amazing to think that God would reach somebody like you. I'm shocked. It's grace. It's all grace. Grace is the distinction of the gospel. It's the distinction of what do you mean, pastor? I mean that grace is the Christianity is the only religion on the planet that is based upon grace. So then grace, are you with me, is the distinction of the gospel. It's the distinction of Christianity. Buddhism doesn't teach grace. Hinduism doesn't teach grace. Shintoism doesn't teach grace. Taoism doesn't teach grace. Islam doesn't teach grace. They teach works. I could go down the list. There's no other, no other religion on the planet that teaches that God reached out to man first. None. Do your homework. None. So grace is the distinction of the gospel, or you might say it like this. Grace is the distinction of Christianity. Let's define grace. I like to define it like this. You know, G-R acronym, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is unearned, undeserved, unrepayable gift of God. The unearned, did you get me? The unearned, the undeserved, the unpayable gift of God. The topic of grace is a concept that is woven throughout the Old and New Testament, and there's no better picture of grace than the life of this obscure character named Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, he's not famous like Moses. Some of y'all, this is the first time you heard his name, or maybe Sunday when I brought it up. He's not famous like Moses. He's not famous like Abraham. He's not famous like Samson or David or Elijah or Elisha. And yet he's a shining, glaring example of the grace of God. This is an amazing scene here, y'all. After all of these years, all of a sudden there's a knock. Mephibosheth is down in Lodabar. Are you with me? Mephibosheth is down in Lodabar and after all... All these years, there's a knock on the door and the man tells Mephibosheth that the king wants to see you. Read this story about, speaking of knocking on the door, read this story of a pastor who was visiting in the homes of some of the people that go to the church. Listen, so he knocks on the door at one house and it seemed obvious that someone was at home, but nobody answered. As he repeated the knock, 
Well, then he took out a business card and he wrote on the back of it, Revelation 3.20, which reads, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and he stuck it in the door. Or when the offering was taken, the following Sunday, the pastor found his business card returned in the offering plate, and on the business card was written, Genesis 3.10 had been written alongside Revelation 3.20. He grabbed his Bible to look up Genesis 3.10, which read, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, for I was naked. So after, so after all these years, down in Lodabar, Mephibosheth here is knocking on the door, and this guy is standing there. The king wants to see you. So they take Mephibosheth off to see the king. They load him up off to see the king. Mephibosheth, put yourself in Mephibosheth's sandals. Okay? Mephibosheth is probably afraid. Listen, in those days when the king wants to see you, that more often meant he wants to see your head separated from your body. Generally, that's what that meant. So Mephibosheth is afraid. Probably knees knocking, teeth chattering, palms sweating, probably thinking, is my will up to date? He's afraid. Now, we know Mephibosheth was afraid because verse 7, notice in verse 7 in your Bibles, David said to him, look at it. David said, he said, fear not. He says, fear not. Well, that means he was afraid. David says, I'm not going to blast you. I'm going to bless you. Number four, talking about Mephibosheth. David said nothing about Mephibosheth's lame feet. So first of all, we talked about his name. Secondly, I told you Mephibosheth was missing the best because he was living down in Lodabar. Thirdly, Mephibosheth would have perished without David's help. He was crippled, broken, lame, and the king called him by his grace. Number four, David said nothing about Mephibosheth's lame feet. David has never seen Mephibosheth. So he's looking at Mephibosheth, and, and, and I wasn't there, but you got to wonder like what David thought when he saw Mephibosheth. He probably said, first thing, because keep in mind, he had never saw Mephibosheth. So he, he probably looked at him and said, you know what? Boy, you look just like your daddy. Because he never saw him either. Yeah, boy, you look just like your daddy. He sees the characteristics of his best friend, Jonathan. But what's interesting is that Mephibosheth sees David one way, and David sees Mephibosheth another way. Mephibosheth sees David as harsh. He doesn't know yet. Okay, we know the story because we just read it. But Mephibosheth is living in the story. So he doesn't know that David's not going to blast him. He's going to bless him. He's going to show kindness to him. He doesn't know that at this point. So Mephibosheth sees David one way. David sees um, um, uh, Mephibosheth a, a different way. David sees Mephibosheth through the eyes of love and acceptance. We see ourselves one way, 
And God sees us totally different, doesn't he? I think of Ephesians 1, 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. We see ourselves as Mephibosheth. Man, I'm broken. Man, I'm lame. Man, I'm crippled. Man, I messed up. Man, God is angry. God, God has to be. God has to be done with me. I mean, I keep doing it. And I keep doing it. And I keep doing it. We see ourselves one way. And God sees us as accepted in the beloved. That's what the Bible says. Uh, wait while you clap your hands there. Accepted in the beloved. Well, look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. Mephibosheth bowed down to David and said, what is your servant? I am a dead dog to you. Now, it's good to read what the Bible says, yes? It's also good to know what the Bible does not say. Notice David invited Mephibosheth to the place to the palace, and he never said, wow, that's too bad, you're handicapped. We don't read that in the text. Mephibosheth placed those crippled legs and feet under the table, and they were never discussed. His feet were out of the sight of the king, out of sight, out of mind. The Bible says our sins are out of sight of the king. God never remembers our sins. When you come to Christ, listen to me. When you come to Christ, you take all your crippled yesterdays and you place them under the Lord's table and he doesn't bring it up again. Psalm 103 verse 12. I'll wait while you clap your hands. Psalm 103 verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so shall your sin be removed from you. That God has removed your sin from you. As far as the east is from the west, there's no distance there. God doesn't see our sins. You need to be thankful for that. Also, Mephibosheth said nothing about his feet. So David said nothing, number four, about Mephibosheth's feet. And number five, Mephibosheth said nothing about his feet. Mephibosheth never said, well, you know, what had happened was, he didn't say that. They sat around the table and they never talked about the crippled feet. And again, we sit with Jesus and he doesn't bring up our sins. But you got to wonder what they talked about. In my sanctified imagination, listen, here's what I think they talked about. They talked about someone else. They talked about someone else. They probably talked about Jonathan, Mephibosheth's dad. David probably said, boy, I could tell you some stuff about your dad. Or, or, or you know, man, the things we used to do, I, I can't even tell you. David probably said, Mephibosheth, your dad was a good man. Your dad was a good man. I tell you something. When life is over, when, not if, when, life is over. All you have is your name. All you have is your name. When people put you in the ground, I've done so many funerals and home goings, I can't count them. And I can tell you the easiest ones are the, are the funerals, the home goings, where people, I know that they live their life for the Lord. I know that they served God. I know they loved God. You know, I think of Miss Faye. I'll never forget Miss Faye. She was just a beautiful, lovely 
godly woman. And if anything I miss about Miss Faye, I, I miss that she, uh, she always encouraged me. That woman always, all the, she would encourage me all the time. She always would encourage me. Just tell me, you know what, Pastor Rodney? You're making a difference. Keep going. You're making a difference. Keep going. Oh, you're such, oh, you're such a, oh, the word was so, oh, the word was so good. It was a blessing. Oh, the word, oh, the word, oh, God's using you. And you'd be surprised just a little bit of encouragement like that. Take you a long way. And I get and I I get the impression from the story here that Jonathan was a he was a good guy, and David's probably telling him, you know, your dad was he was he was a good guy. And your grandfather, on the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> I had to do something to pull myself together. <laughs> your grandfather, on the other hand, well, let's just say that's a different story, and. Uh, but they sat around that table. They talked about somebody else. Okay, number six. Okay, Mephibosheth, number four. David said nothing about Mephibosheth's lame feet. Number five, Mephibosheth said nothing about his feet. And number six, others said nothing about Mephibosheth's feet. There was a lot of people around the table. Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. I would classify that as a lot of people around the table. <laughs> a lot of people around the table. And they weren't, the Bible doesn't tell us, they weren't whispering about, look at the guy that they carried in. Or did you hear what happened to the guy that they carried in? You know, small world that time. Did you hear about what happened to the, to, to, to the, to the to look at the handicapped boy. Look at the crippled boy. They were probably, they, they probably were listening in on David talking to Mephibosheth. This is a really simple story, Saints. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.